We are so glad you joined us for this week's message from Radiance in Macomb, Mississippi. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. Hey folks, good to be uh, diving back into the second week of our series, Where Do We Go From Here? And uh, if you didn't join us uh, last week, haven't had a chance to uh, take a look at the message from uh, this previous weekend, uh, this series is just a series that's built upon um, the foundations that we believe the church is intended to be built upon and the foundation that Radiance is built upon. Last week, we just introduced those uh, three basic principles that make up that foundation for every church. And every church may say it differently, but here at Radiance, we say it this way from, from Scripture. We want people to encounter Jesus, find their place, and inspire others. So we want people to go on a spiritual journey that doesn't just end with uh, with finding a relationship with Jesus because a relationship with Jesus plugs us in to life on this earth to find our place and what God's trying to do while we still have breath in our lungs. And ultimately it's about us inspiring others to start their journey back at the beginning, which is to encounter Jesus themselves. If you've never joined radiance in person um, we we offer you the opportunity to go on that spiritual journey through a process that we call next it is a uh, online process when we do have the opportunity to get back into gathering we will start offering that class again in person but during this season you can go to our website radiancemacomb.com and click the next link at the top of the page uh, to get started with next in next you'll learn what it means not only for the church to be uh, the place and the people that give others the opportunity to encounter Jesus but the place where things get worked out so that we find our place in the body and that we begin to inspire others so even even if you're uh, in this season not looking to make a connection with radiance it's an excellent tool for you to make some decisions and to look at what God says about you and the way that he's created you and why the local church exists in this season the way the local church currently exists. So today we get back into Ephesians chapter 1 where we launched this uh, series from last week and I want to go back to the prayer that Paul prayed to the church, to you and to me, um, that we get those three statements that I just mentioned from. And Paul says this in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that per- the perception of your mind may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the glorious riches of His inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his vast strength now we talked last week about these three statements from these three verses and three things that paul is praying over the church so basically the way we say it in a modern context trying to simplify it as easily as possible paul wants the church he wants us he wants individuals who gather together to do three things he wants them to encounter jesus in a real way he wants them to find their place in the body for some very specific purposes and he wants them to then inspire others inspiration means lead 
and encourage others to take that spiritual journey, to see Jesus for who he is. And so that's the, the entire focus of the church. And, and I know that many of us have been uh, inundated into church cultures that that no longer becomes the focus and we miss the point. And, and I don't want to speak to the, to the negativity of that, but it's just a simple way of looking at what God has intended for his church to be a place for people to encounter Jesus, a place for people to find out who God says that they are, to connect to the local body, to heal from the past, to be able to walk into a, a spiritually, spiritually enlightened future to inspire others to do the same thing. And so as we jump in this today, I just want to make this blanket statement and then discuss this a little bit. But you, no matter where you are, no matter how close you may think you are to God or how far away you may think you are from God, you were created to encounter Jesus. The most glorious reason that you exist is to have a personal encounter with Jesus. Now, when we say things like that, there is so much theological debate inside the church that in all honesty just is a breeding ground for divisiveness and, and it's not... It's not valuable. The reason Jesus came is so that you could find him and find salvation in him. There is nothing else on this earth that, that God is more pleased with to know that his son came to die for the sins of each individual who would call upon the name of Jesus. And so you were created to have an encounter with Jesus, a real, personal powerful encounter with Jesus. It, Paul says it in Ephesians 1.17. He says that I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit, a spirit that will in, entitle you, enable you to have wisdom and will have a, a, an element of revelation to reveal your need for Jesus in the knowledge of him. The personal prayer that we read applies to, to you and it applies to me. Those of you who may not know Jesus personally today, you, you may have been given the impression that you are unworthy. And it's not true. It's not true because God has made you worthy to receive glory if you have encountered Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so what Paul just prayed over the church. He prays over you today. And I want you to hear that. The reality sometimes is just a little bit simpler and can make an extraordinary difference when we change our perspective on something as important as people encountering Jesus. Sometimes the only difference between me and thee is the way that I see. Yeah, you like that. I know. Encountering Jesus, just think about this for a minute. Encountering Jesus, because I know what people think. You Christians think you're better than everybody else. That's not what it is. I don't think that I'm better than you. Encountering Jesus makes me better than me. It makes me better than me. It's got nothing to do with me being better than you. Jesus, an encounter with Him and being empowered by His Spirit makes me the best version of myself that could possibly be. And the same thing can be said about you. 
So I just, I want to say this and, and ask this simple question. If you were thinking about what a true encounter with Jesus looks like, think of it in your own mind what that would look like. For many of you, it's just about being saved to go to heaven. And there's nothing wrong with that thinking, but it's not a complete thought. Because what Jesus came to do was so much more. And so I want to look at four things today that I believe an encounter with Jesus actually does in my life and in yours. The first thing and the most important thing is that an encounter with Jesus has spiritually saved you and me. Anyone who's been around the church for any length of time has heard that statement before. That you need to be saved, you need to be saved, you need to be saved. And there is so much truth in that statement. Jesus came to set right what sin has set wrong. It's not somebody else's fault, the separation that I personally have with the Lord. It, it falls on me. The weight of the responsibility falls on me. Paul points it out as he continues in the same letter to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. He says, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So he immediately comes out and says, it's not anybody else's fault. The encounter that you had with Jesus has spiritually pulled you away from the trespasses and the sins that you once walked. It says you were following the course of this world. You were following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of my, mankind. That's the only difference between us who have been saved and those who have not. We've been given the spirit of wisdom and revelation and we've responded to it. To be spiritually set apart from the world at large. That we live in a way that is different. There was a time for some of you and for me today that you followed the passions of this world. You pursued every single thing possible and you all came to the same conclusion. You were empty at the end of those pursuits. Why? Because they've never been intended to actually fulfill you. Jesus is the only one that can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as long as we continue to do what Paul is saying here, following the course of this world, chasing after the spirit that's at work in the sons of disobedience, chasing after the, the things of the flesh that we think are going to fulfill us, we will stay in a place where we are still dead in our trespasses and sins. We don't have to, though. We can put to death the trespasses and sins by having that true encounter with Jesus to be spiritually saved from the sin that we have committed against the Father. And Paul says, you've got this pursuit that if you keep pursuing, it's going to keep producing the same results. But when Jesus comes into the picture, the change, the change that sets in, sets us free. He, he wrote about it to the church at Rome in, in Romans 5.8, that you want to know how much God loves you, no matter how hard you've pursued after this world, he sets Jesus, not 2,000 years ago, but by the power of the Spirit in front of you today to make you aware of your need for Him. He said in Romans 5.8, God showed His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Meaning, while we still sit right now in our sin, 
Jesus is still in the business of saving us spiritually if we will receive it in Jesus' name. So an encounter with Jesus saves us spiritually. An encounter with Jesus also is it makes us aware mentally. An encounter with Jesus spiritually saves, but it is uh, it, it raises our mental awareness. Now, now this is twofold. I, I want to show you this. It not only makes us mentally aware of our standing and need for a change. We've gotten saved, but we don't continue to walk in the same way that we walked before. But it also makes us aware of other people around us and the standing that they have and the possibility and probability that they have things that they need to change as well. Look at Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. He says, therefore, remember, it's a mental action. Remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. He says, you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers of the covenant of promise. Having no hope because of that, he says, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, with an encounter with Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Paul says, I want you to remember. I want you to call to mind. Have a mental awareness at all, at all times of what? What am I supposed to be aware of? That you were separated. You had no hope. You were without God in this world. What else? It doesn't stop there. Because of the encounter with Jesus, you have been brought near. You have been brought near because of the blood of Jesus. That's what he says in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He says, not only do I want you to remember the past, don't dwell on it. You've got to remember and dwell on the work of Christ. The encounter that you had saves you spiritually. The encounter that you had also makes you mentally aware of your surroundings. You are family, Jesus says. You belong to God in a covenant relationship that cannot be broken. Jesus said in John, it's recorded in John 10, 14, he said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. It's a mental awareness in addition to a spiritual salvation. An encounter with Jesus makes us mentally aware of our past separation and our current eternal security. Not only does the encounter with Jesus do that, but it also makes us, gives us a way of emotional healing. That's right. An encounter with Jesus can heal you emotionally. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility. What does that have to do with emotional healing? All of us are searching for a holistic healing. Some of you are dealing with thoughts over and over and over again. Some of you are dealing with physical affliction. And I want to tell you that the Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is still in the business of healing all of it. And it's only through the encounter with Jesus that we have access to that healing. 
None of the other stuff that the church does matters if you never encounter Jesus. If you go your entire life and go to church and never have a true personal encounter, listen to me, not just some decision that you think you made. You've got to be introduced to the individual of Jesus Christ in your reality where you are. It's not a card you fill out. It's not about being baptized in water. It's none of that. All of those are signs after the fact. You've got to get to a point where when you tell people about what happened, they look at you and go, that sounds crazy. Because an encounter with Jesus is crazy. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't make sense to a mind that's bent on the flesh. You have got to have that. And you, if you don't get that, then you don't understand that emotional healing can take place. It doesn't mean that he's going to separate you from the thoughts that you could have. He says, I'm going to make a way of escape through all of it, no matter what. And you and I both know that we are all about in our society a transcendent lifestyle. If you're not familiar with that type of word, where we are free from pain and we are free from from people being mean to us, and we're free from all. Jesus and the Word of God never offers you that. He offers you a way through that. And you can find emotional healing as a result of that. Why? Because he says, Paul tells us in Ephesians 2.14, He is our peace. You can't have Him as your peace if you haven't encountered Him. So if you want emotional healing, you have to be able to go to the one that fuels the healing that we can experience. The peace that you're looking for in so many other things in life, you will not find. Because the word says that peace is not abstract. Peace is a person. And it's found only in the person of Jesus. You need to encounter him, not only for spiritual salvation. You need to encounter him for mental awareness, and you need to encounter him for emotional healing. Paul told the church at Philippi in Philippians 4, he says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And look, the peace of God, listen to what he says, which surpasses all understanding, you're not going to be able to wrap your mind around it, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Why in Christ Jesus? Because He is peace. He is the object of peace. An encounter with Jesus emotionally heals. And the last thing that I want us to look at, an encounter with Jesus physically enables. An encounter with Jesus physically enables. Do you know what Paul does for the remainder of his letter to the church in Ephesus? He encourages them with the divine enablement, spiritual gifts, whatever you want to call it, that they have been given. He pours out the final reason Jesus came and what an encounter with Jesus has given you the authority to do. Look, take a look at Ephesians 2, 17 through 22. He says, He, speaking of Jesus, came and preached peace. Why? Because He is peace. He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. You think you got it, but you're not quite there because you haven't gotten through the entire process. You're spiritually saved. You haven't been given a mental awareness, so you're not paying attention to people around you. You're not focusing on what God saved you from. You're not thankful on a regular basis. You're not being healed from the emotional scars of life because you're not allowing that encounter to continue 
in the process of healing you wholly. He says, for though... Uh, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father, but then you are no longer, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. In him the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let me tell you what it means to be physically enabled. This passage tells us, and Paul speaks this kind of language all over, you and I are being built together into a house, into a holy place that people have an opportunity to come and encounter Jesus. They have an opportunity to come and find their place. They have an opportunity to go and inspire others because we have gone through that process ourselves. He says it's not just a spiritual journey. It's mental. It's an emotional connection with the body of Christ as well as physical proximity. And look, don't think for a second that during this season of distancing that the enemy is not trying to convince some of you right now that you don't need anybody else. You do. I'm just going to put it like this. It's a lie. I need you. I don't need to just sit and, and speak to a camera on a regular basis just to make me feel good. This is awkward. This is weird. This is not right. Why? Because we need each other. It's more encouraging to see the faces of people and see God being able to move in the midst of a group of people because of the message that God's placed on your heart to, to proclaim to them. It's stirring. But it's so much more than that because we need each other for the practical healing that takes place because you have a conversation piece, someone to listen, someone to give advice. You have someone who can pray over you in any given situation. And a lot of those things can be done at a distance. But there's something special about being able to reach out and put your hand on the shoulder of a brother or sister who is in need. And an encounter with Jesus gives us the power to do that. And it be spiritually significant, it be emotionally significant, and it be mentally significant. Tell me the enemy's not trying to use this season to convince you otherwise. And listen to me, church, it's a lie. Here, we don't just say life is better together because it's a cool little catchphrase. Life is better together because we're experiencing right now what it's like not to be together. And I'm just going to be blunt. It's, it sucks. It's, it's not good. It's not what God intends. There's a great medium of social media and websites and internet and all of that being able to connect people who can't connect. But for those that can, this is no substitute. And, and I encourage you, if you're listening to, to me today, you may never set foot in the doors that is called radiance. And, and I'm okay with that. But you need to find connection in the body. Because an encounter with Jesus should draw you to do so. Because you need physical connection. You need spiritual connection. You need mental connection. You need emotional connection. If you're not careful, you can make, you can make the judgments that the entirety of the Bible is written to us as individuals. And it's not. It's not written to individuals. It is written in the language of we, us, and our 
Because it's written to the church. It's written to the people of Israel in the Old Testament. A group of people. Not for you to take it home by yourself and live it by yourself. It's never been intended that way. When he uses terms like you, it's directing it towards a group of people still. Go study the Greek and the Hebrew. It'll tell you. It's a plural in Greek and Hebrew still. It's never been intended for us to, to separate ourselves. And listen, God is still sovereign over all things. An encounter with Jesus is still possible in this season. And I want to encourage you, the day's coming very soon that you're going to have the opportunity to make the decision to walk into the doors of a church. And for some of you listening to this, it may be the first time that you do it. If you're in the Macomb, Summit, Pike County area, listen to me. There are a lot of good churches in this area with a, with a lot of awesome people in them. Not just people that are in leadership, but people that are faithful every single day that lead through the gifting that God has given them. They'll never stand on the stage, and that doesn't matter because the stage doesn't separate us. You need to make that connection. Today, some of you need to make the decision that you, you're going to respond to what's being said. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is, is that you have been given the opportunity right where you are today to encounter Jesus in a real way. And for some of you, you need spiritual salvation in your life. You need to recognize that there is a separation between you and God, and the only way to correct it is through the power of Jesus' blood on the cross. And today you just say, I repent of my sin. Some of you need to make the commitment now in this season that you're going to connect to the body. When the time comes to make that connection, you're going to do what's necessary to get connected because God says that He's going to work this thing out in groups of people, not us by ourselves. It's not me and God and we're going to take on the world. It's me, God, and the church and we're going to take on the world. We need each other. We need each other. So make the decisions that God's laying on your heart today. Don't wait. Do it now. Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, we just... We just thank you for this opportunity that we have to look at your word, Lord. Jesus, we thank you that you've given us a way to encounter you in a real way, to be spiritually saved from the sins that are separating us, to be, to be mentally awakened, to, to, to raise our awareness of our, of our constant need for you day to day and the, the need that others have for you moment by moment, Lord, to, to open us up to being emotionally healed as a result of an encounter with you. Lord, to, to be able to physically put ourselves in a place where we can be used by you to inspire others to do the same. Lord, I pray over every soul that they would hear this message directly from your heart. Holy Spirit, work in your people. Jesus, we love you and we give you all the honor and all the glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Radiance in Macomb, Mississippi. If you have made a decision to follow Jesus, would like to connect with a pastor, or would like to support the ministry of Radiance, you can easily do so on our website at RadianceMacomb.com. We hope you have a blessed week.